on today's show, part one of two with my conversation with Javier Reyes, host of Locked On Padres, where we talk about baseball things that we're thankful for and also talk about if Salvador Perez is a Hall of Famer. Lesson what you think on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at Javapeno, at Lockdown Padres, and at Lockdown Royals, all on Twitter. And enjoy part one, part two tomorrow, and then later this week, as we turn the calendar to December and to Christmas time, we're going to do a holiday wish list for the Kansas City Royals. But until then, enjoy the show. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Why, hello, ladies and gentlemen, on today's show, very special Thanksgiving pod, I am being joined by one of the great ones, one of the iconic ones, a thunderous a man with thunderous intentions and also royal blood. It is my good buddy at Ryland underscore styles. I know not not his head right now. One of my best intros I've ever done, I must say. Sir, how are you doing? Doing great. That was an amazing intro. I felt like I was about to uh, come out in, in Monday Night Raw WWE style with that great intro, but I'm doing good. Javi, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, for today's show, we're going to be talking about some very special things because it is a special holiday. But firstly, I want to say, everybody, thank you for making Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Royals your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Special Lockdown crossover event over here. And look, I'm going to be honest with you, Ryland. I saw this morning. We're recording this on a Tuesday. And I saw this morning. Bryce Patrick of Lockdown Rainer. He's out here boasting that he got a whole... A whole quadrilogy of people on his podcast for some for some episode. But I only need one person. It's Ryland Styles. That's all I need today. We're going to be talking about the things that we're most thankful for uh, with baseball. And then things that we're just thankful for in general. And then just whatever. Because you and I often, when we record, we just say things. We just do things. They turn into art, my friend. I don't know if anybody, long-time listeners, remember when we did last year, we did a Thanksgiving draft where I was slandered publicly by this. I absolutely slandered, really just off the cuff. Like it was, it was the most I've ever been slandered on a podcast ever. And I honestly think it wasn't really well-deserved, but this time there will be no slander. No, it was well-deserved. Do not, do um, not sway you. the jurors. It was well-deserved. <laughs> it was well-deserved. Look, picked so what I took the acorn squash. So what if I took the acorn squash? Did I run out of ideas and then quickly have to Google Thanksgiving foods and then be reminded of what the heck is even out there? Maybe. I'm not confirming that, but maybe that was something that happened. Uh, But we're not talking about draft today. We're talking about things we're thankful for, dude. So you're the guest. Let's Let's just dive right into it. First of all, how was the baseball season for you before we get into our individual picks for the things we're most thankful for in baseball? How was it for you? Because this year I've been asking a lot of people that because, you know, 2020 was this shortened season 
and then kind of adjusting back to the long 162 game season. What was that kind of like for you? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? How were those Kansas city Royals doing? It was painful uh, because the Royals were the best team in baseball for a month. <laughs> and had we been playing 60 games, they would have been a playoff team. Probably. I mean, uh, they were the best team in baseball for an entire month and then they sucked after that. So it was not very fun, uh, but still some hope. I'm doing it once again, Javi. I'm, I have optimism for the next mm-hmm. season. I'm once again ready to get my heart broken by these Kansas City Royals. But it was very painful uh, watching the mighty collapse from Kansas City, from the best team in baseball uh, to one of the worst. Yeah, I mean, look, it's – I mean, your team was very fun, I have to admit, for that first month. I remember you were freaking out about Mr. Benintende. Uh, you were trying to trade for him from me in fantasy baseball for the longest time. Uh, and I said yes for Ramon Laureano, who then ended up getting suspended for PED usage. So you won in the end, sure. my friend. You I didn't want to give you. I end. didn't want to give you that trade. But <laughs> that was the whole thing that happened. But really, I mean, I I was kind of in a similar boat. My team had an epic collapse, and my team had like World Series aspirations. So don't get me wrong; it wasn't easy for me either. I think in general, though, this baseball season was. It, it kind of reminded me in general that. Man, unless you're a fan of one of the like seven good teams, baseball can be really miserable, man. Like you're just watching like, like if you're a Royals fan, if you're Rangers, if you're Rocky, oh my god, the poor Rockies. Shout out Paul Holden over at Locked on Rockies. Go listen to that podcast. He does a great job. I mean, the Rockies, man. The Rockies are like you know what? I, I mean, this is kind of a preemptive like uh one of what I'm thankful for. I'm just thankful I'm not a, a Colorado Rockies fan. I just have to say, I'm so thankful my team isn't out here not trading guys for assets and then not even giving out the qualifying offer for John Gray. It's like, it's like, I don't even know what you're doing. So why didn't you trade him? Why don't you trade Trevor story when you had the chance for a top 50 prospect, you probably could have gotten that. I don't really know what they're doing over there. It's kind of bad that they just have barely any, even the, the bare minimum of analytics in the department, the fact that all of their pitchers mysteriously just vanish off the face of the earth and don't even debut and they retire really bad things going on over there. For Colorado, but um, yeah, dude. I mean, the Royals. I'm going. We're going to be talking about them a little bit. I have some things I'm thankful for that have to do with the Royals. Um, so, do you want to just get into it? Let's do it. But before we do, I want to talk about our good friends over at Direct TV. Direct TV stream is incredible. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device lets you catch the game live. You got another device lets you stream the game on your phone. Favorite sport highlights. You got shows, movies, on-demand favorites, but they're all in all these different places. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get your entertainment together that you love, and that's with DirecTV Stream. DirecTV Stream is without the hassle. It's all of your TV together. It's your live TV, your on-demand favorites like never before. You can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling the remotes, no need to go buy another device ever again, and the best part is that there's no annual contracts. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together at DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directv.com. That's directv.com. Content varies by package and compatible devices are required. All right, man. You, you, you love doing that. You love doing the little pause and the, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. He's so calm and collected. You know that? Rylan Styles is so calm and just, he's, he's a Zen master, dare I say. When it comes to the podcasting world. But, dude, what is uh, the first thing that you're thankful for when it comes to baseball? The Zen master until I start doing the uh, 
a Mad Dog Russo impression, and I'm kind of all over the place. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm most thankful this baseball season uh, for Salvador Perez. I mean, MVP caliber hitter. It's a joy watching him play. You mentioned it there. When your team's not in the hunt and not vying for a playoff spot, which is why I think that the playoff expansion this this offseason uh, will, will be great for baseball, it is tough to watch teams that are, have no real consequence to the season. You also weren't bad enough for like a top one, two, three pick. You weren't good enough for the postseason. You're just kind of there. And you weren't really good enough to even be in a playoff hunt the way the Padres were at least in the hunt uh, the entire season for the wild card spot until like the last week of the year. Uh, Soto Perez was a light, a beaconing light to go break the home run record and to go do all the things he did with winning the MVP award and carrying over that 60 game sample size. Where I think that a lot of people still had reserves. Is this is this Soto Perez going to going to be an elite hitter the way he was in 60 games? Can he do that for a full season? And he did. And so now it presents an interesting future for Kansas City. Whenever they're one of their best prospects is MJ Melendez, a catcher. Uh, how does Salvador Perez and Melendez coexist? Does that make uh, Perez more of a viable DH option now that he's found this elite hitting stroke? Uh, so I'm thankful for Perez because having MVP caliber guys on your team when you're not very good is very important. Yeah, I mean, with Salvi, it was also just a really – it was a fun season. He had a lot of big hits, obviously, with the home run power and whatnot. And I don't think it was something that was exactly expected. Now, I do think that, just to be mean for a second – I do think it got a little bit over the top with the Hall of Fame talk. It happened for like two weeks. It wasn't long. There was just that random period where everyone was like, Salvador Perez, like Hall of Famer. And then you look at it, it's like, I mean, he's a good player. Look, I have beef with this. Your league, the other one that you cover, the NBA, anybody who's had like a slightly pretty good career, who's made the all-star team, like Hall of Fame immediately. It's like, all right, guys, like I, I think you're allowed to just be a really good player, not make the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that baseball's way of judging the Hall of Fame is any better. Uh, they certainly have a whole uh, yarn to untangle. But uh, for for the Royals thing, I was just like, all right, uh, enough of that. Enough with, I mean, Kyle Lowry, like the guy. Is, is he a Hall of Famer, though? I don't know. I'm going to say it. Gerald Wallace or Ben Wallace. There we go. Ben Wallace. I always get the two mixed up. Ben Wallace, really great player. I think it matters a little bit that you didn't do anything on offense, but fine, whatever. We'll just put everybody in the Hall of Fame. That's just my my slander for the day, I guess. I don't know if you feel the same about Ben Wallace. It's just, I don't know, man. Like I got so much crap from my friends on my birthday for thinking Ben Wallace wasn't necessarily the hall of favor. It was just unbelievable. But um, yeah. And then the other thing I want to ask you about uh, Salvador Perez is how did you feel about? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How I, do you am feel? An, I am an NBA junkie. I love the association. I cannot think of a more depressing conversation on my birthday than the validation of Ben Wallace being an NBA Hall of Famer. I, that is the most <laughs> depressing thing I've ever heard. Hey, I mean, it happens sometimes, man. It happens. This is things go, me and my friends. We just have debate things. Um, but I ask you, how do you feel about, you know, what's his face from the Kansas City Star voting Salvador Perez second in MVP? The bo- Look. For the record, but I, I disagree with it, obviously, but I am in a huge fan of baseball writers and media people just unabashedly showing their bias when it comes to voting for things. Like, I would love nothing more than, like, you know, Kevin Acey for the San Diego Tribune every single year. Like, this year, he had Manny Machado in second for MVP. He didn't, but, like, I would love that. You know what I'm saying? I always think it's hilarious. What did you think about that whole uh, sort of mini-controversy? 
You don't have to get to you. You threw a ton out there. Sorry with Ben Wallace being all hammer. I basketball <laughs> gets away with it by by dubbing themselves the basketball hall of fame and being all encompassing for your entire basketball career, high school, college, overseas, mm-hmm. NBA. So they they dump more people in there because they take into account, into account your entire resume and not just what you did in the actual NBA. Now for that. Salvador Perez, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the best catchers of this generation. I think that. Had he oh, played no. in any other era, uh, these nerds out here <laughs> oh, with their stupid ass defensive oh, stats oh, will not dear. at all criticize Salvador Perez for his pitch framing, and he can't quite get the corner. You know what pitch framing is to me, Javi? It's cheating. It's fooling the system, right? In a couple <laughs> of years here, pitch framing won't even matter because we're gonna have automatic strike zones. So if pitch framing is the only thing keeping Salvador Perez out of Cooperstown, well then you, sir, can put pitch framing right onto my right foot and watch my right foot go up where the sun don't shine. How about that? Okay. Salvador Perez, Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer. I am not one for your best sag yet. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. That's two things I can't stand. Manipulators, liars. And to me, pitch framing is manipulating. And therefore I say Salvador Perez, who every little stat nerd says is not a good pitch framer. I'll say by that front, that means Salvador Perez is the most character and leadership and fortitude and just all around is a much better person than every other catcher because he's not trying to cheat the system. <laughs> How about that? You're talking out These of your damn ass. nerds and their <laughs> stupid pitch framing. That's the only thing I've heard about the guy is that he can't, he oh can't my God. frame a pitch. How about the fact he puts pitches into the fountain every other at bat? How about that? How about the fact that he puts pitches, gets them out of his glove, and throws out runners? How about that? Pitch framing. Hey, we come up with these new ways in baseball. It's been good for 50 <laughs> years, and now all of a sudden we're about pitch framing. What, how do Yogi Berra do as a pitch framer? <laughs> do you know? He did all right. He did all right, I assume. I think did he was all okay. right. I don't know. I think he was pretty okay. I have the advanced stats on that. But before we get into the advanced stats on all of that, and one of the most incredible zags that's ever happened on the Lockdown Padres podcast, I don't know about your podcast. I can't speak for that. This might just be a daily. This might be business as usual for you. But you know what else is business as usual for me, man? Enjoying the best protein bars in all the land. Everybody, this is, of course, the Thanksgiving episode. Don't get me wrong. I love Thanksgiving. All the good foods and treats. You got all of them, plenty of them. I like taking all the food and mashing them together. It's a big plop of greatness. But maybe you uh, maybe you want a yummy dessert, Rylan. You a big fan of the yummy desserts? Some pies, perhaps? Huge you a fan of those? I, I love a pecan pie. Ah, oh, pecan pie. You got to be careful, though. I think we talked about this. If you have too many, it gets a little bit too sweet, but it is great. But also... It's the perfect time for Built Bars. It's the new holiday dessert. Maybe you want to take it a little bit easy because one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar. So maybe you cool it with the coconut cream pie. You cool it with the raspberry you know, pie or what have you. And then you have the raspberry uh, Built Bar or the coconut Built Bar. And I'm also, let me just be very clear here. Built Bars are delicious. Ryland can attest to this. Attest to it, my friend. Oh, they're great. I, I love them. They're incredible. They're awesome. 
<laughs> thanks, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, seriously, though, they taste really good. Um, Coconut Brownie Chuck is a favorite of the Locked On crew. Trust me, you can ask any of them. It's one of the favorite flavors. My mom really likes Cherry Barcia. I like Apple Almond Crisp, one of the most underrated flavors, in my opinion. And they've got all sorts of other flavors, like caramel and chocolate brownie. They've, they've got all sorts of stuff, whatever you're in the mood for. And best of all, they're, of course, healthy for you. Low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein. So what's on earth are you waiting for go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order remember that is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com once again everybody i want to remind you thank you thank you so much for making lockdown potteries and lockdown royals your hashtag first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms i also forgot to give you you app. you can follow ryland on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. I always do this at the beginning of the po- my podcast, and then I forget whenever I do a crossover. Uh, and then myself, at Hava Pena. Also, if you want to see me laughing maniacally, as Ryland did one of the greatest zigs in the history of the Lockdown Padres podcast, also with my, my, my wonderful hat that I'm wearing this whole week, and my Pokemon t-shirt, you could check that out. Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Um, Ryland doesn't have uh, YouTube for Lockdown Rolls because he's a coward, but uh, still. Be sure to check that out, guys. Rylan, man, like that was that was a lot. Look, I obviously disagree with you. We don't have to get totally into that because I'm tr- I'm trying to make this an upbeat episode. I, I don't know what you I don't know what you can disagree with though. Like, is it because he can't pitch frame? Y- yes, you can. <laughs> what do you mean? So so why isn't Salvador Perez a Hall of Famer? <laughs> I'm trying to save your base. Yadier Molina a Hall of Famer? Right you just came out. That I'm gonna. Can I quote? Do that. Can I do like one of those quote things? Pitch framing. I consider that cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, all these sad nerds, they love the cheating. They love the technology. Just one of the best things that's ever been saw this podcast. Do you consider Yadi Molina a Hall of Famer? Unbelievable. Just what an NBA fan would say. Just what an NBA fan would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I should probably get into what I'm thankful for, right? Um, and mine is also very, very obvious. Um, and I think I'll get away the obvious one out of the way. There's not much to say about it. But I'm thankful for El Nino. I'm thankful for Fernando Tatis Jr. And the reason why is because you come across great baseball players all the time. You come across baseball players that transform franchises and all that. But it's so rare that you have someone who genuinely, people who, friends of mine, don't know literally anything about baseball. They couldn't tell you any player on the Royals. Maybe they might be able to tell you Salvador Perez just he's because he's been right? there for a little bit. But And the World Series run and everything like that. And he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, they might be able to tell you that, but it's very rare that current just up-and-coming players immediately grab the attention of everybody. That's Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, the excitement. People have talked about this ad nauseum. I don't really have that many new takes on this, but Watching him makes me incredibly happy. I mean, 2020, the game against the Cardinals will forever live in my mind. The two home runs that he hit, the bat flip that ends up on MLB The Show, uh, just just a really just a really great lad. And I know that this season was a little bit weird. Some of the Padres fans got on me because I didn't think he was the MVP in the National League this year. I thought that deserved to go to Bryce Harper, which it did. I did I did think Tatis should have gone over Soto though. That that much I did um, disagree with from the writers and whatnot, but. Um, just in general, I mean, he's the best player on the team. He's one of the best players in baseball. And he reminds you that the sport can really be pretty good as long as it's more conservative, old man uh, kind of 
view on it is halted a little bit. As long as you don't have people who are, yeah, well, yeah, well, well man, I, I don't like the way he carries himself. It's like, what does that even mean, dude? You know what I'm saying? There's all these bad takes, all these bad characters in baseball. And it's fun that one of the best players in the game and also for a franchise, keep in mind, this is a big part of it too, for a franchise that has not had any, this isn't the Yankees, this isn't the Red Sox, this isn't one of the big you know, market teams or what have you. It's someone who's really transforming the game and is, in a lot of ways, the future of the game. That wraps up part one of our conversation with Javi on tomorrow's show. We go at it yet again about Salvador Perez being a Hall of Famer and talk more about next season, what to look forward to in the upcoming year. All that and more coming up on Locked on Royals, on Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. Subscribe for free on all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.